Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dudley boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on wrestle culture as i said though joined by michael sidgwick and sir we are gathered here we are socially distanced here today for now at least oh we're getting so close to talk about the fact that malachi black alistair black tommy m whatever you want to call him is all elite the big talking point of course of aew dynamite this week sidge has it sunk in yet (laughs) yeah i guess it's a bit it's not odd at all. I can completely see why they went from. Um, it does feel like sunk in probably is the best way of putting it. Has it sunk in? This guy that you really didn't like as a TV character blew you away with his debut on the show that you probably didn't want some of his acts to translate to. Um, so, yep, I was amazed at how much I was into all of it. Right? On the AEW Dynamite review yesterday, which I assume you've all listened to. And if not, you can listen to it right now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, I was basically very reassured that the one sort of inkling that Alistair Black has a supernatural power was kind of folded into the broadcast in a more metaphorical way. We'll get into all of that stuff Mm -hmm. deeper into this podcast on where... But yeah, it just, he came off like a star. His facial expression when he um, smashed on Anderson in the chin, <laughs> genuinely felt like he was roaring, like a bit of a monster was in him. Um, yeah, we've got reservations about the whole deal. We'll go into it. But I think it makes all the sense in the world, irrespective of whether subjectively I'm into a character like that. Mm. Sadistic is the only way I'd describe that face after he nailed on Anderson. And as Andy Murray pointed out on Twitter, watching that clip again, that the, I don't know why the microphone going sort of flying almost makes that even more of a sell. Um, so let's talk about about him. Also hilarious, the, the story that came out immediately afterwards, that if you're wondering, wait a second, my maths must be off here. He got When he got released and when he did, no. WWE forgot to update his uh, no-compete clause uh, when he moved from NXT to the main roster from 30 to 90 days. So, yeah, it wasn't some, like, nice gesture from John Laurinaitis to, to let him out of his contract or his no-compete early. They're just clueless, basically. Anyway, um, what should we expect from him? He, he appears, obviously, to be going straight into a feud with Cody Rhodes, which is mouth-watering. Yes, I expect him to go over. 
I really do expect them to get over. Um, there is a terrible, terrible bad faith narrative that hovers around um, the Cody Rhodes character, um, which I'm going to dispel. Not that I don't think any of the, the listeners of this podcast subscribe to it. The idea that Cody Rhodes likes to bring people into this company just to beat them. Like, it's completely untrue. He started this company by beating his brother, Dustin Rhodes. Absolutely fine. Of course, that's fine. Dustin Mm -hmm. is positioned to play this eternally respected veteran who bled most of his body weight out for the cause. (laughs) Yes. Subsequent to that, Cody Rhodes put over the AEW world title by failing in his pursuit of it and leaving him never being able to challenge it again. Not only did it mean so much to him that he's willing to risk everything, put thereby putting the title over, but that development segued into his feud with MGF, mm-hmm. who he subsequently put over. Following which, he captured the TNT title at the expense of Lance Archer at Double or Nothing 2020, which is a point of consternation for many. And I think the very fact that he beat Lance Archer, he was a giant hoss, who came in red hot, who ended blow away squash performances in QT Marshall's gym. I think a lot of this Cody narrative really stems from that because he basically went 50-50. It never felt like 50-50 because he wasn't working the same people every week. But Dustin, Sean Spears, MGF, Chris Jericho, he went 50-50. Like, on the most technical of terms, everything had a dramatic weight. I'm not invoking 50-50 as a criticism because, of course, I'm not. But by the time he fell Feld, sorry, Lance Archer. People are like, oh, bloody Cody. Mm. There's a difference between Lance Archer and Alistair Black, and I'm going to outline it. I think they are both great in the ring. In fact, I prefer Lance Archer's character work and all the rest of it to Alistair Black's. Lance Archer is basically like in his mid-40s. He's never proven himself to be a gigantic draw. He was just basically the perfect villain to beat. There's absolutely no shame in that whatsoever. So if people are thinking, oh, he beat Lance Archer, he's going to beat Malachi Black as well. I really don't think that's the case. Um, Alistair Black and Drew McIntyre, ahead of the 2020 Royal Rumble in the before times. They were both impressing in the quarter hours and because WWE can't book and they don't do long-term consistent stuff anymore, they arrived at at a decision around December 2019, January 2020, Christ, we need someone to work Brock and maybe even beat him at WrestleMania 36. Who's it going to be? And according to Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon were each had a dog in the race. Obviously, Vince McMahon was going to win that race. <laughs> but Alistair Black's and Drew McIntyre's quarter hours on uh, Raw were both quite comparable. Mm-hmm. And they both had a, uh, an argument to be pushed. Eventually, they went with Drew because, of course, they did. And the rest was history, and Alistair Black disappeared off the face of the earth. But Alistair Black was moving numbers. Alistair Black has got a following. He was hugely over in NXT, but then again, who isn't or who wasn't at that time? Um, and he's only 36. 36 is prime years wrestler. I think they've brought him in to reasonable expense with the idea that he's going to be a big star for that promotion. Yeah, before we get on to who he should feud with elsewhere, I completely agree with what you say. And I I believe, like you say, uh, yes, the numbers may support the argument of, well, for every person he brings into, or, you know, every person he decides to, you know, to put over, he's going to bury someone else. But 
it's not comparable for me. And he's a top star as well. Yeah, and in terms of, I love Lance Archer, don't get me wrong. And I still think there is some rehabbing that obviously his character needs, but that's not all solely down to losing that one match with Cody Rhodes either. And I went in thinking Lance Archer was going to win. And then when Cody won, it made all the sense in the world because that TNT championship, it's been, you know, they booked it really well in terms of the matches, but it's been established by the people that have held it. Cody to Derby to now Miro. It's it's made, you know, it's not just this, oh, you can't win the world title. Ah, we'll give you this other bit of tin then sort of thing. So, yeah, I completely agree. And... I didn't think I was going to do this at the start of this podcast. Let's talk about Randy Orton. What I mean by that is I can already see the finish to uh, Cody versus Alistair Black, or the big blow off the final match at least, because everyone talks about their favourite RKOs, right? And they talk about, obviously, the Seth Rollins RKO or even the, the Evan Bourne. I wonder what he's up to nowadays. The Evan Bourne RKO where he flips into it, all right? I think one of the most underrated but genuinely really good RKOs, Jeff Hardy goes for the twist of fate, spins round into an RKO. The crossroads into whatever they're calling the black mass now, in terms of a, no, not, not into that, bang, the, 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 the rotation, the spin and the force that God has to be careful. Uh, reading what we saw with happen with Mercedes Martinez, the force and the, 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 just the beauty of it, the nice, the synchronicity of it all, I think could work really well. And I completely agree that I think Cody would have gone, if we can get him in, I'll lose to him immediately or put him over or whatever you want to say. Because like you say, he is a genuine talent. We'll talk more about the fact of, oh, not the WWE guy coming in and winning big matches. We'll get to that. I will, yeah, I'll just allow you to just shoot down that preposterous theory in, in due course. But yeah, like you say, it's not just about, Malachi Black versus Cody. You've got all these other prospects that uh, you could see him face in AEW. Who are you hoping to see uh, in the next few weeks, months, and, and even years? Well, before we get into the character, the uh, law of Malachi, Alistair Black, Tommy. Did you Young. notice his eye? I'm not sure if people have said this on Twitter or not. Yeah, no, no, I did notice. I, uh, it was right there on his face. <laughs> I did notice it. Yeah, no, I'm not being a dick. I mean, I. People expect me to be a dick now. I am, but no, I did get it. Uh, and it comes to something when his um, commitment to continuity is so much more like strong than the promotion that actually gave him the eye injury in storylines in the first place. Right, Mysterio's as... tag team champion. <laughs> yeah, indeed. But here's the thing. When I'm thinking about prospective opponents for Malachi Black, that's when I start to realise, hang on, this might not be the cringe festival I'm half expecting in my mind, right? The thing about Alistair Black is, I'm not into supernatural stuff. We will get to this. I'm not a big, it used to be my youth, but I'm not like a big metal guy. This is why I can understand why he's got a, a following, like wrestling, horror, metal, like a lot of people, if they like one of those mm. things, they most certainly like the other two. It's all kind of in that alternative sphere. So I can understand why he's got a following. And beyond the, the terrifying spectre of supernatural stuff in AEW, with this Malachi Black character, what I like about it, at least in the context of All Elite Wrestling, is that All Elite Wrestling otherwise is like a pretty damn wholesome place where nice things are allowed to happen. Mm. You've got Hangman Page like genuinely telling this life-affirming, progressive like anti-alpha male story about mental health problems and 
being able to potentially overcome overcome them with a support network. That's nice. Jungle Boy is just a nice, spirited bloke who wins. He's a wholesome character. The entire fabric of this new version of the Dark Order, that's nice. Orange Cassidy and the Bondi House are the best friends and how they can overcome getting beat up by Miro and getting terrorised by Santana and Ortiz to have these lovely heartwarming moments with Sue. It's like, it's a nice company from the outside looking in in terms of how they operate in terms of the morale. But as a storyline driver, AW is like loads and loads of just wholesome characters and nice happy endings. Contrast all of that with Malachi Black and you've got conflict. You've got genuinely good dynamics so when I'm thinking of opponents of Malachi Black, Malachi Black versus Jungle Boy, absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, Malachi Black versus the Dark Order, which is the complete opposite of what a lot of people fantasy book. People wanted him to be the new leader because, of course, there's some kind of aesthetic connection in terms of the old Dark Order, what they were all about and what Malachi Black wants his heel character to be. I'd rather have fought this babyface version who I never want to see turn heel because... As we said before, it would be kind of strange and like not on to turn them heel, I guess, at this point. But uh, Malachi Black versus John Silver. Like this gang of like little geeks, basically, who are just nice fellas who want to raise up their friends. Like Stu Grayson versus Malachi Black would be fantastic. Eve Luna would be fantastic. John Silver would be fantastic. Um, Malachi Black versus Orange Cassidy would be fantastic. Like, Use that wholesome energy to contrast against Malachi Black's dark energy. <laughs> and you've got like just natural, believable conflict, um, stakes, everything you want in pro wrestling storytelling. And in terms of actual dream matches that I just think would absolutely bang, there's millions. The thing about Malachi Black, I don't like the kind of cringe aspect of his character, which he, once again, we will get into. He is so good in the ring. There's this meme, um, it's Bruce Pritchard's thing on the podcast in which they'll talk about how they've got this, when they were good anyway in WWE, they had this great character, great theme, when the production magic was clicking in the golden days of yore, had this wonderful look, like Papa Shangri or someone like that. And Bruce Pritchard says, dot, 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 and then the bell rang. Basically, you can get the best attire, the best gear, you know, a, a guy with great presence, but if you can't do it in the ring, then it's all rubbish. For me, Malachi Black's the opposite. I, I don't really like the presentation, but he's so good. He is so goddamn great in the ring. Like, not only does his sort of kickboxing background add, like, a legitimacy to his work, which, honestly, I feel like AEW could do more of in terms of creating the illusion that these things are meant to be fights. He would be great in that regard. He's super fast. He's super technical. He's got this presence where when he lifts an opponent's chin up very slowly to like tease the fact that he could kick their head off, it's like he's so much better at conveying an otherworldly presence than he is playing with otherworldly imagery. Mm. So I've got no doubt about match quality. I've got no doubt about the characters he could interact with. I do have some other doubts, but you've got another question for me, Wilborn, I suspect. Mm. Yeah, before we get to that, yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, you can sit here and, and book 10, 15, 20 matches that are all going to be, you know, great dynamics, but also, like you say, potentially show-stealing uh, match of the year contenders for him. I always compare him when he when he lifts people up with that that foot of his to, to sort of like a samurai 
telling someone, no, come on, I'm going to cut your head off, but you're going to take this like a man, like, you know, knife under the, or, you know, samurai sword under the throat of like, no, stick your head up because I really want to get a nice clean cut as I take your head off. No, definitely, definitely. And that's the scariest he is because he's toying with you. That's Mm. what he's doing. And if he lifts your, if he lifts his foot up and he, you're not going to sweep his leg because he's going to just kick your head off faster. (laughs) So it's like that dread, like he really is great at conveying an aura of fear so much better than when he talks about it. (laughs) Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com wrestling. Wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Now, I know as part of your preparation uh, for this podcast, you uh, went back and watched some of Alistair Black in NXT, the, the glory days of, of Tommy N, let's say, before they put him in a sodding cupboard in WWE. Uh, and obviously part of that was was him being NXT world champion. Difficult to talk about now, obviously, because as much as it would be a sensational match, it doesn't really gel that you'd have the Kenny Omega character versus the Malachi Black character, but you've got people like, you know, Hangman Page, Darby Allen, etc., Christian Cage, baby faces waiting in the wings to challenge for that title. So, down the line, could he become world champion for you? Um, he's got a huge following. He really does have a big following. Um, and as I said, like people go nuts 
for the horror stuff, for the fact that he's into his metal. People have wanted a character like this. Like, how many times have you seen rubbish wrestlers years after the fact that they were established in evidently rubbish wrestlers like your Mordecai's? <laughs> I wish there were more with them. I love goth stuff. I love spooky stuff. Like, people are mad, mad, mad into it. And you've finally got one who embodies, like, metal energy, if you like, horror movie energy, like cultist underground, super spooky, like all that nonsense, right? And he's a super worker, right? He might bring together the people who just love any old supernatural stuff, irrespective of how rubbish it is, and 98% of it in pro wrestling history has been rubbish. Hmm. And you've got someone who can absolutely flat out go, like, if I've read enough message boards in my life, if I've been told enough stuff about, oh, God, hey, Vanson should have beat The Undertaker, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm being facetious in that regard, but there is a huge market to exploit for a character like this, and he can absolutely flat out go. Like in 2018, he's one of the very best professional wrestlers in the world, and 2018 was one of the very best years for professional wrestling ever. I, legitimately, I think that if they can somehow present him in the light that people have always wanted to see a character of that ilk be treated, then maybe, maybe I'm leaning towards yes more than no, um, purely on the basis of people are mad into this, people are mad into black, he's super talented, and the reaction he got kind of illustrated, people are kind of desperate for a character like this, and... People went absolutely wild for him. Um, put it this way, I'm not just saying this because of the recency bias of the reaction he got, but I never once thought Andrade, who I kind of prefer, was... Uh, I think Andrade is more TNT level, even though I like him more. I like Andrade, uh, Alistair Black, Malachi Black, less as a persona, as a character. But again, I can see more in that picture. Like, I really can. You and I have spoken off air a lot about fantasy booking or long-term booking this this world title from from Omega to Page to MJF to Darby Allen. If you are going to take it off someone, who would you have him beat? Would it be Darby Allen? I mean, that's a great dark match. Well, that's not, the thing. Not more AW dark, by the way, before we... <laughs> the more you throw names at me, the more you realise, Jesus Christ, how good are those match graphics? Like, how many great stories can they tell? What imagery can they play with? Not too much you, Malachi, but Derby. MGF should take it off Hangman. Yeah. But there's something about Malachi Black versus Hangman Page as a dynamic that is just almost irresistible in terms of Hangman Page has got like anxiety and fear issues and who best embodies fear on this potential roster. I don't know. I think MGF versus Hangman Page is the play. I really do. If you just look at how much MGF has moved needles, moved quarter hours, how well they are building the pinnacle, which might not mean as much if he doesn't become a world title contender afterwards. No, MGF versus Hangman Page, like quite quickly into the Hangman Page run, is still the way I would personally do it. Um, but yeah, at some point, Malachi Black for me. Absolutely. Um, not for me. Like, not for me, but for, you know, the audience? Yeah. Basically, if this guy doesn't become a star and people aren't mad into him when it's 
good for supernatural stuff, in my opinion. I will never listen to anyone talk about supernatural stuff in pro wrestling again. Let's conclude this supernatural conversation because, you know, it was hinted at and i, I know uh tommy and himself has, has spoken about the the sort of breadcrumbs that we had on dynamite i say one breadcrumb basically the lights went out during the strap match between cody and qt marshall nothing happened and then later on obviously lights out lights back come back up and he kicks uh he kicks uh Arn's head off so will he use his supernatural powers or how will how will they be utilized or manifest themselves in aw for you this is probably going to be long-winded and rambling, but I think that's just my goddamn in-house trademark style <laughs> at this point. Um, Matt Hardy was brought in to AW Dynamite in March 2020 as the broken character. He teleported around um, an empty Daily's place. People rubbished it online. It was then revealed, no, it was a projection trick played on Chris Jericho. Right, okay. I'll, I'll take an explanation. At least you're listening to us, for Christ's sake. Um, but uh, why is Chris Jericho talking to um, a drone? It was funny, but it's not AEW. It was basically, oh, this is mildly amusing, deep in the throes of a pandemic with no vaccines in development. Oh, my God. Right. It worked. Chris Jericho chatting, trash talking a drone, worked for five minutes of my life. What didn't work for anyone's life, it would seem, was the broken Matt Hardy character and the heightened universe that just felt like such a distraction from AEW, just no one liked it, right? Even Tony Khan didn't like it in Impact TNA Wrestling, right? He made the business decision to allow Matt Hardy to do it because it did do loads for TNA's buzz. Eventually, after months of a bad experiment that never really suited AEW, um... It was abandoned, and Matt Hardy now plays a character firmly rooted in reality. Mm. So that's one example of why I don't think we're going to see supernatural powers from Alistair Black and AEW. The second is the Dark Order. Panned way more than the Matt Hardy character, because at least Matt Hardy, as broken Matt Hardy, was tremendous value in the street fight that led to Stadium Stampede and Stadium Stampede itself. No one liked a goddamn thing about the Dark Order. And for a while, if you go back and watch those shows, there was an intimation that the Dark Order had supernatural powers. They spoke to and recruited John Silver and Alex Reynolds into the stable by talking to him through a television, right? Mm. Which is one thing to have that Scientology guy, remember him? Mm-hmm. And to, like, prey on the idea of, all right, okay, well, we're attracting disaffected incel types as creepers to build the stable, to have strength in numbers. That was the phrase used. Um, but there were some supernatural overtones to what they were doing. Like in AW Canon, if you write everything down, chapter five, uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds recruited into Evil Cult faction via magical TV set messaging. <laughs> right? People couldn't stand it. The execute, like the. The thought was, oh, supernatural stuff in the real sports company. That was bad enough. Maybe the execution was so much worse that it just ruined the idea of doing supernatural stuff for everyone. Regardless, the Dark Order got over thanks to the incredible talents of uh, Mr. Brody Lee, at which point it just became, all right, this is this really scary bloke who recruits people because they're too scared of him. And they're actually nice, 
and they're just in fear of Mr. Brody Lee, and that's how everything happened. Basically, supernatural dark order, rubbish. Heightened, fantastical, magical universe of the broken universe, rubbish. Get rid, get rid of that. Also, there was no real, no real supernatural thread with the Nightmare Collective. But they played with dark, prosthetic imagery. People hated it, and um, people hated it for different reasons than that, obviously. But um, you were meant to think that they were spooky at the very least, um, with the voodoo ceremony with Brandy Rhodes and uh, Awesome Kong. People oh, hated that. that. People hated that. Absolutely despised it. I think at this point, Tony Khan, himself, not a huge fan of supernatural or wacky stuff. Like he's a mid south guy. Um an ECW guy. I think he's received resoundingly the message that people aren't into supernatural stuff in AEW, which presents a problem because Malachi Black is playing a character who is inhabited by the devil or a demon or whatever. I don't know how those two things are reconciled, but I just, on all of the evidence I've just listed... I really don't think they're going to risk alienating a huge part of their really important base because Malachi Black's really great at playing a kickboxer character in the ring. I don't think we'll see it. I don't think we'll see it. As I said on the review, um, I was reassured in that overtly supernatural stuff in pro wrestling sucks, right? But pro wrestling is in itself a theatre. If you want to be really, really pedantic about things, how are the wrestlers' entrance musics getting played when they decide to make the save? Mm -hmm. Jeff, hit my music. It doesn't matter how much danger my opponent's in. I have to take the time to tell you to play the music. There's an element of sort of artifice to literally everything in pro wrestling by definition. This is going to sound pretentious, but you know what? I'm, an, I'm a pretentious guy. I don't mind. You can, without doing some kind of mind control bollocks or summoning lightning bollocks or coming back from the dead bollocks or possessed doll bollocks, you can use the, the theater of pro wrestling that will never go away, at least in America right? You can use it to a degree metaphorically. Mm. And we saw what I hope was that on Wednesday. The idea is that the lights went out for Malachi Black in the first match. His presence was such that I created a disturbance. And then they did the wrestling thing that it's not supernatural. It's just a wrestling thing to make it seem cool and suspenseful Mm. and shocking when something happens. That little kernel of an idea that I'm potentially bargaining with, if they can follow that through, fine. That's wrestling. That's not supernatural stuff in wrestling. That is wrestling. Even the most ardent guys who hate this kind of stuff, sanctioned it in ACW, who sort of pioneered this trick. Um, I don't think we're going to see anything overtly supernatural. My worry, my really deep-seated worry, is that we might, purely because I hate it, and it's consistent with Malachi Black's character. But I don't know. I'm just thinking Tony Khan has learned enough lessons mm. throughout AEW's early history that if they are going to try and do something like this, 
They will try and make it sort of vaguely coherent within the real universe that AEW occupies. That has eased my fears a great deal hearing that and, and makes a lot of sense. Um, finally, today, we're talking about Malachi Black, Alistair Black, as he was known in WWE. And so, unfortunately, Sidge, there is a, a question I have to ask or a persona I have to take on because otherwise it will get, the mud will get thrown in the comments to the tweet promoting this podcast. So uh, I'll just say what I anticipate they're going to say, which is something along the lines of like, hey, sludge dick. Uh, <laughs> I see you're, uh, I see you're shilling for uh, TK again. He bought you a new watch or something. Uh, basically, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to say in my own voice, that's preposterous. <laughs> Giddy today. He's coming home, etc. Um, Another bloody WWE guy to help help AEW, is it? Here is my broad take. Get ready for it. Okay. It's the correct one. Live it and learn it and like it. Because they want to make money, because they want to present stars that are really good, potentially. Um, because WWE doesn't own anyone and I'm oh, sorry you're not a WWE fan and you think uh, you can't like Hulk Hogan because he was Hulk Hogan in New Japan Pro Wrestling and the American Wrestling Association sorry that means AWA are better than WWF sorry not my rules these are your rules Hogan's <laughs> preposterous here's my broad take on it succinctly as I can possibly tell it if a hugely talented performer becomes available from WWE, and it's pretty damn clear that they were hugely mishandled and they still have the best years or a great run at least ahead of them. Why not get them in? Mm. Why not get them in? It's a great like flex over WWE. Look what we've done with Moxley and Miro, mm. by the way, and look what you did. It's a great... It's only to get entertaining good wrestlers like doing creative expressive things in their best form in their best mood wrestlers who are getting buzz on the indies or whatever when everything hopefully touch wood comes back to normal they're gonna look well where do i want to go what's best for my career they've got a wonderful how it started how it's going yeah exercise comparatively to say oh, i should probably go to aw if i want to get like stuck in a room for a year talking <laughs> nonsense um, yeah, that's my broad take. So it's helpful because Matt Hardy Strowman, before they entered or could feasibly enter AEW, I'm thinking, oh, I've seen the very best of them. So why would I possibly want to see a diminished return of what they can do when I'd rather watch more of Ty Conti, more of John Silver, more of Jungle Boy, more of the stars I really mm. like who aren't completely established yet? But why wouldn't they get hugely talented people? who've got a lot more to give, irrespective of where they worked or really how buried they've been. Mm. I think the only thing I can compare it to, aside from that Hogan thing that you often say, which is such a spot-on analysis of... It's been arguably... You know, there have been other places, obviously. It's not like it's been WWE or bust. For the most part in North America, it has, but you know, Impact, you know, MLW... And I realise there's, there's a lot of other places... The only thing I can compare it to is someone saying, oh, I see you've signed another North American wrestler. 
there are others, you know. It's like, well, yeah, there are incredibly talented Japanese wrestlers, there are incredibly talented British wrestlers internationally. You know, there are sensational talents elsewhere. But the, the biggest pool of talent is in, is in WWE. And, and it's, it's just, I just think it's it's so, it's it, it's just so fake in terms of, Oh, bloody hell, you have to relate right on this. Because there are some people they've brought in because they're WWE guys, because they'll bring eyes to the product. My friends who are casual wrestling fans will turn around to me and say, oh, I saw that AEW when it started, for example. Oh, I saw that AEW the other week, and uh, it was Jim Ross on there, obviously. So I, was, I stayed watching, and then Chris Jericho showed up. And then I'll, I'd say things like, oh, yeah, do you see? This is a while back, obviously. We see, like, him interacting with, with MJF. Oh, yeah, that, I like him. He's got a bit of a mouth on him, hasn't he, or whatever. And that... That Jungle Boy looks great. It's that, or look, Mark Henry's here, or Big Show's here, and they're talking about these other wrestlers. Yes, I'll admit that's them bringing in the WWE guys, but it's hardly like, oh, well, they've done everything they could with Rusev and Alistair Black and Dean Ambrose. What on earth are they going to do different here? No, they broke those toys, and this other company came along, glued them back together, and went, oh, no, this this runs fine. You just, you're just using it wrong. You were using a plane on a bloody scale electric set so piss off with that take just to just to just to put it to one side emphatically but yes very exciting times uh not only with as you mentioned andrade but with malachi black who is now officially uh, as of this weekend all elite let us know your thoughts your fantasy bookings for him on twitter at what culture wwe well actually you can follow both of us you can follow michael sidgwick at m sidgwick Follow me at Adam Wilborn. You follow us all at What Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for daily wrestling podcasts, including our previews and reviews of AEW Dynamite. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible or anime and under this mask is another mask (laughs) you can discover your new favorites right here on the anime effect listen every friday wherever you get your podcast and watch full video episodes on crunchyroll or on the crunchyroll youtube channel